Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome to the 73rd episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Uh, you guys might not remember us, but uh, we are we are actually the premier Clone Wars podcast on the internet. Uh, Frontlines is back, baby! Or at least we like to think so when we're putting episodes out. Um, you know what, though? Hasn't hurt our iTunes rankings, so so I don't know what that ha- uh, says about us, but, but I think we're doing all right. Uh, as always, I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me, is, I've got two guests, uh, well, two co-hosts on the, on the show today. We've got uh, my, my uh, most of the time co-host, <laughs> uh, Matt Crinky. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Frontlines is back, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, we've got, and we've got Kyle, Kyle Avery. Hey, how's it going, guys? He is the recap writer extraordinaire, if yes. you didn't know the name, so... And you know what, Kyle, I think we're going to be tapping you again unless StarWars.com starts doing what they did with Season 2 and 1, but I don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah, no. I'll, I'll be no. keeping an eye on that. Yeah. But I'm definitely up for doing it again if, uh, you know, if they don't do their own. Did a fantastic job, I must say. I'm raising my uh, glass of uh, beverage up to you right now. Appreciate Thank you very much. All you did uh, last year and uh, and. Uh, looking forward to uh, season four, and we're going to be talking season four, right, Mike? And if you yeah, here, yeah. Right. Well, we're gonna, we got <laughs> oh, we've got a whole summer's worth of stuff to talk about, uh, and uh, we we did not make good on our promise to to have summer episodes, and uh, I, I don't know that anybody was surprised. <laughs> I tried, I tried, I bugged you guys, but yeah, I did. you did. Oh, yeah, we're Kyle did. Here. He was, he really harped on us. And every once in a while, Matt would send me a message, and every once in a while, I would send Matt a message. <laughs> but we just couldn't seem to get our junk together. Uh, yeah, yeah. Summer's just a little bit too busy. But heading into fall, of course, we have uh, the the motivation to get together every week and chat Star Wars. But uh, let's talk about. Uh, the first, the big announcement that came over summer that that uh, that I think everybody's really excited about, uh, and that is uh, Celebration Six happening next August yeah. uh, in Orlando once again, once uh, again. Re- returning to Orlando. Yeah. Um, let's see, we've got it, the twenty third to the twenty sixth in the year twenty twelve. So uh, 
will not be delayed by the end of the world. We've got a lot of <laughs> we got a lot of time there. Yeah. Uh, for us to for us to enjoy our Star Wars. Um, yeah, and uh, I, returning to the Orange, Orange County Convention Center, which uh, I'm psyched about because the last one was awesome. I, I was hoping for something on the West Coast. Me too. Yeah, but, yeah uh, me too. But I think that what they want to do is tie in with with uh, Star Tours and and uh, and Disney World and and Disney's got this weird thing where they really they promote Disney World a lot more than they promote Disneyland. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that's because Disney World's just so much bigger that that they can get people for a longer amount of time. And that's I think that's what's going on here. I think that's why we're back in Orlando cuz I mean, I really would have liked to have seen it at the Anaheim Convention Center, which is literally across the street from Disneyland. Right. Um and I mean, I would have loved to have seen it as close as San Francisco or uh or even Seattle cuz Seattle has an amazing convention center that could hold uh, the the Star Wars celebration. But we're back in Orange County, so uh, yeah. we'll have to make do with that. But uh, I'm, I'm currently planning to be there. What about you guys? I certainly would like to. I don't have any concrete plans yet, but we'll see. Yeah, same here. I, I, I have no concrete. I mean, I'm, I, I'm lucky enough I'm going to fan days this year. Um, some things worked out, and I got some help, and... Uh, I'm actually going to Fan Day, so I'm excited about that, and hopefully I can springboard that into going to uh, C5 or C6. So that's my ultimate goal, and hopefully I can do that, and uh, we can finally meet up uh, with Mike over there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I was kind of bummed, you know, because they had talked about, you know, how it was going to be a surprise to everybody how where C6 was going to be held. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, San Francisco, I mean, that's where Star Wars is, you know, Lucasfilm and the Presidio and blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, wow, it's going to be in San Francisco. This is going to be perfect. You know, I could drive yeah, there. Yeah. Everybody. And then now they, the big surprise was, hey, it's going to be exactly where it was last year. So it's kind of bummed. But I understand that it's, it was a great venue, like you said, Mike. Uh, it held everybody, lots of space. So, hey, you know, that's cool. That, that'll work. Uh, just another excuse to go take another vacation down to uh, yeah. Disneyland. So you yeah, get on I, that new Star Tours. Yeah, I haven't been on it yet. Ha- have you guys? No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I've been on it. Uh, I've gone out three or four times. Yeah, it's a good, good ride. Oh, nice! You lucky bum. Good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. It, it's like you said, Mike. It's it's exactly. I remember you saying this when we talked about it. You wanted something that was more Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, from the original, and this is exactly what they did. Was it is it feels Star Wars now, and then the 3D of course was all good. That the screen was fan. The uh, the picture was fantastic. So. When you go on it, yeah, you'll definitely feel Star Wars now. Uh, so I, we had a good time. We went on, I think, four times, and I got four different worlds, so it was perfect, you know. Nothing was um, repeated, so it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's good stuff. But uh, other than that, though, we got uh, Big Friday. Mike, Big Friday's coming up. Yeah, this Friday is uh, just a little bit crazy. Uh, we've got two massive star wars uh events uh, happening on the same day yeah. although for me personally one's going to get delayed because <laughs> i purchased through amazon uh <laughs> let's talk let's talk uh the the bigger of the two first and what's going to kind of take up a little bit more of our time okay. uh and let's talk the uh the blu-ray first so we've got nice. september 16th the blu-ray drops 
You're going to be able to pick it up in store. Uh, for those of us who have pre-ordered on Amazon, we may not get our stuff until the following week. I'm being oh, told, but what's up with that? Um, uh, but you never know because with video games, sometimes you get you get your games uh, a day or two early. Right. So uh, here's hoping, crossing fingers, all that sort of thing that uh, that maybe I'll have my Blu-rays uh, Thursday. Yeah. As opposed to to Friday, uh, I got mine as a birthday gift from my uh, from my in laws. So I have some pretty wicked in laws nice. uh, picking me up, <laughs> you know, a ninety dollar Blu ray set yeah. Uh, yeah. for my birthday. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited, but also a little bit trepidatious. Yeah, you know what? There's been a little some, worried. Yeah, talk, here we you go. Talk about, you talk about some serious chatter about this. I mean, this thing yeah. blew up, especially when we found out um, what the, the some of the added stuff. Here's the thing: I didn't know that they were going to be or Lucasfilm was going to be adding and changing some stuff. This was all yeah. kind of new to me. I, you know, I knew they were going to do the Yoda thing, and that was pretty obvious. But I didn't know they were going to put all this extra stuff, stuff in, and that was a, kind of like a shock to me. And I'm going to say, for the most part, I, I like a lot of the stuff that they're doing. Um, Mike, I know you got some serious issues with one particular one. And Kyle, I think you have the same issues. Yeah. Um, you know, and shoot, let's just talk about, like you said in, in the Facebook thing, Kyle, let's just talk about the elephant in the room right now. Yeah. Um, well, like you, like you said, Matt, I didn't know at first that they were going to yeah. add all that stuff in. Um, looking back on it now, I don't know why we're surprised by it. Yeah, seeing no. they've added yeah. stuff in for every other release. It's not surprising, no. I just We just didn't know, you know. It was, but it's not surprising, like you said. Uh, let me just play this for you guys, and you all know what this is going to be. Um, this is what we're going to be talking about here. Uh. And... I won't play the whole thing, but... No. No. All right, Mike, let's hit it with us. What do you think? What's going on here? <sighs> okay, so we've had we've had some major discussion over on the Facebook group, yeah, which yeah. Uh, which has become our de facto place of conversation since we got taken over on the forums by uh, all sorts of scum and villainy. Right. Um, yeah. So the forums. Oh, let me just say really quickly, the forums are dead. <laughs> I'm going to be shutting them down permanently. Uh, and if you want to talk Clone Wars with us, head back over to the Facebook group, which is where we've been having a lot of these discussions. Um, and, uh, and man, uh, we, we kind of hashed it out over there and talked yeah. about, about the, the fact that, that they've changed all this stuff. And, uh, and this is, I think this is the one that bugs people the most. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. yeah. Some of the other stuff I'm okay with. Uh, Ewok eyes, I could really care less about either way. You know, uh, I think it's kind of a cool addition that they can do it. I don't know that it was necessary. Um, the the Obi Wan Kenobi howl, I can't say I'm pleased with, but I don't know that I've ever been all that pleased with it. Particularly, I don't think it's ever really had a satisfactory solution. Um, and a, and what a lot of people think is the original sound isn't the original sound, anyways. Um, but when it comes to this, what you're doing is taking one of the most reviled, infamous mm -hmm. 
moments in Star Wars saga history, and you're putting it into one of the most important and pivotal moments in the entire saga. And that's that's the Vader no at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith that, that I think that we can all agree, whether you like it or not, or whether you care or not, is not considered to be very good. <laughs> a lot of people consider yeah, it right, right. to yeah, be obnoxious and, uh, and to not really fit, and it takes them out of the movie. That's the, that's the common uh, opinion. That's the general consensus on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's difficult when you take this great moment from Return of the Jedi when Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him down that Death Star shaft um, redeeming himself and returning to the light side, uh, it, it is it it is like the pivotal moment in the entire saga. It's what the whole thing exists for, and now you're you're kind of taking away from it by referencing something that I think makes us all chuckle a little bit on the inside. You, you know? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that. yeah, Kyle, what do you think? Uh, you you felt the same way, kind of. You didn't really like it, right? Yeah, and it wasn't even so much the whole connection with Revenge of the Sith. It was more just the fact that I thought it was totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And, it did, I mean, just the way he says it, too, I just thought was dumb. I mean, when you played the clip again right there, I just kind of cringed. I was like, <laughs> yeah. why is this in there? And, you know, it's funny because I'm starting to think of this as, like, the the Han and Greedo, you know, shooting first debacle of, like, my generation. Right. Because with the original special editions, I was like seven years old and those came out and I didn't care. Like, I couldn't really tell the difference. But now I'm like, you know, now that I've kind of grown up with the movies and I care more about them and know more about them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It just really bugs me. Yeah. You know, for me, though, this doesn't bug me as much as the Han and Greedo thing did. I'm not sure why. Uh, I mean, like the Han and Greedo thing was definitely a character thing that... For me personally, it was a character thing with Han Solo. Mm-hmm. This I can I can understand that it's also a character thing, but again, it doesn't bother me as much as the Han and Greedo one does. Um, and there's you know there's people on both sides of this. I mean, some are talking just like you guys are talking about how it, it changes the scene, it changes um, some of the the Vader stuff, you know. And and like you said, why does it need to be there? Uh, does the second no bother you? Like if you just had that first no. Would that be as bad, or would you still still feel it, it wasn't needed, or is it the second no that kind of bothers you? You know, for me, it's actually the first one. Oh, I mean, really? I know the second one is the one that sounds more like the end of Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. For me, the first one is just the one that sounds worse and maybe sounds even less unnecessary. Like, he's just yeah. kind of like, no. Like, he almost sounds like he's asking a question. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, it makes no sense to have that in there. Yeah. And, you know, I... I'm not even opposed to them making a change. Like if, I mean, I like it better when he doesn't say anything, but if they put something in there where he said something and it actually was, you know, kind of like cool or meaningful or something, then I wouldn't mind it as much. But it's just the fact that they put it in there and it sounds really bad that bugs me. And I think the same thing with the Obi-Wan thing too. You know, and the Obi-Wan, I'll I'll play that in a second here. Oh, please don't. Uh, no, that's good. No, go ahead. I have a good. Uh, no, it's good. It'll scare off any Tuscan Raiders in the neighborhood. <laughs> but like you said, though, there's been there's been chatter actually on both sides. I mean, some people are, are defending it, saying you know, 
that scene, there, it always seemed like there was something needed there. Like, um, you know, Vader's looking back and forth and, you know, what's he thinking? And, but then there's people that say that's exactly the way, the way you want it. Um, yeah. You don't want any more dialogue. So, you know, you hear chatter on both sides on people like it. It's, like it. it's the whole problem that I think that we see with the prequels. And it cre- it's now creeping into the, the original mm-hmm. trilogy mm-hmm. with uh, Lucas wanting to explain everything away. And it's like, uh, this does for Vader what baby Boba does for, for Empire Boba, (laughs) right? Like this, this pulls back the curtain a little bit too much and shows us what he's thinking rather than letting us discover it for ourselves. Right. Right. So, uh, your imagination's not really at work. He's just telling you how to feel. And there's nothing artful about it anymore. Now it's just right there on the page. And so it's it's clunky. It's uh or right there on the screen I should say. But it's it's yeah, it's clunky. It, it's it, there's nothing artful about it. It just is what it is. There's no debate now. You know, like it, yeah, right. now, you know, he feels the same in that moment that he felt when he discovered that Padme was dead. Yeah. dead. Right, right. So so obviously that's the motivation for the character. And to be honest, I have no problem with any of that. That's all fine by me, but it's not like I never came to that conclusion before. This isn't new. It's not revelatory. It hasn't changed the way that I view the character of Darth Vader, which I think that there's a lot of people out there saying that, you know, this changes everything and this changes the the tone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's not it. It's just that it's very like it's like being hit over the head with a shoe. Like it, it just doesn't work for me because it's so obvious. You know, like film is about showing me and not telling me. Yeah. You know? Um it's the same sort of thing. I had an argument with someone earlier today regarding the uh the Terminator television series and this is kind of going on, on a bit of a tangent but it wouldn't be front lines if I didn't go off on tangents <laughs> and I loved that series it was so great but one of the reasons why it didn't hit with a lot of audiences was because they didn't really explain a lot they they showed you a lot and there was a lot of things inferred on that show uh major plot points even and uh, and and there were a lot of people who had big issues with the show because of that. But it's one of the things that made the show one of the best written shows on television because that's what film and TV and the visual medium is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to to show us and not tell us. You know, like we're supposed to figure it out for ourselves based on the visuals. And that moment at the end of Return of the Jedi is probably one of the best examples in film of of a pivotal character moment where there's not a line of dialogue spoken and yet we know exactly what's going on we know that that what he sees is his son mm-hmm. being killed in front of him and that's his breaking point and he can't he can't deal with that so he's you know he comes back to the light side that's that's what's going on. And I, it's never been a debate of whether or not, you know, Vader turned back to the light side in that moment, or maybe right, it was the moment yeah. when his helmet came off, or maybe it was the moment when he discovered that Luke had a sister. It's like, no, like it's very clear. It's, it's 
you know, yeah, storytelling exactly. 101, it's that moment when he looks to the Emperor, he looks to Luke, and he looks back to the Emperor, and he goes, which one of these is important to me? Mm-hmm. And he chucks the Emperor down a, down a shaft, and the Emperor dies, yeah. and the series comes to a close based on that, that pivotal moment and on that end note. And, uh, and, and I don't know, now you just kind of take something away from that by, by explaining it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's the way I've always felt. You know, we, like you said, we all knew exactly what was happening there. We knew what he was thinking, we knew what he was feeling. Um, did he need to put that in there? No, but, you know, he likes to do this thing where he's tying these trilogies together. You know, at the end of Return of the Jedi, there's, there's Hayden Christensen there. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I get what he's trying to do, but like you said, you know, it, I don't know. It, I, I don't, I don't hate his, not hate it, but I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I'm going to watch it again in context of the movie when I watch the Blu-rays, and, and I'll have my final opinion. Um, you know, of course, I don't think it's really needed, but is it going to bother you as, as much as maybe the Han and Greedo thing did? Probably not, but, you know, like I said, I'll wait and, and watch it on the Blu-ray and, and give my final opinion. But let's talk about, you know, you just talked about the Obi-Wan thing. Um, check this out, though. Listen to this and uh, tell me what you think. We've all heard it. Okay, so I'm not, I actually kind of like that. This is a, and, yeah. I'm, you know, I might be a little in the minority here. Um, the, the one before that, I didn't like the change they made for the DVD. I didn't think it, it worked right. This one sounds a little more ominous, a little more scary, uh, maybe a little more something that a human could do with a, with a little groan or whatever the heck he's doing there. Um, so I was kind of like, I heard that the first time. I was like, I don't know. But that, the more I hear it, I'm like, you know, I think I like that. You know, um, What do you guys think about it? Is it, it obviously it doesn't bother you as much as the Darth Vader thing, but... Um, I really don't like it. So you don't like it, Kyle? Wow. No. No. Okay. It, and and it, it's an it's another instance with the, like with the Vader thing where I don't mind them changing it, but then they went and changed it to something that I just think sounds really dumb. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just I mean, it sounds goofy almost. Like it's hard to take it seriously for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, it, I don't know. It just it it seems a little more. I don't know. Like I said, a scarier type of thing because he kind of goes into a low growl. Um, here, I'll play one more time. I'm trying to figure out what I'm saying here. It's almost like a ghost type thing or something. Yeah, it's it's different. I, I don't mind it. You know, like I said, I kind of like it. Um, what do you think, Mike? Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything that would scare off Tusken Raiders to me. And I think, think that, so? that that's the, the issue. It just, it just sounds like a dude and an echo. Like, it just sounds like somebody hooting, and then there's a, just an echo. It doesn't really do anything for me other than that. It just sounds like a human being. Whereas uh, I think it was more interesting before when it was, you know, it was the, the it's, you know, uh, this is more expanded universe, but yeah. it's a it's a crate dragon, crate cult, dragon. right? Yeah. yeah. So it's supposed to be the one thing that would scare off Tuscan Raiders, but uh, mm-hmm. but you know what? Here's what I always thought about that scene: is right after he does that, you see the Tuscan Raiders. They they like sharply look to the left, 
And then you see a shot of Obi-Wan kind of stumbling up the, the gravel way there, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, well, is that the Tuscan Raiders seeing Obi-Wan? So is there more to it? Like, maybe they know that, oh, shit, that's my bad. That's Obi-Wan, you know, that's that's a bad dude. Wait, let's get away. Or, yeah. you know, was it the just the, the sound of the, the call? You know what I mean? I always wonder that. Because it's like there's a three or four of them there. Would they really be scared of, uh, like, an animal or something? I, I guess so, maybe. But you know what I'm saying? How they look over and then they show Obi-Wan walking up and then they take off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is it, you know, maybe they're scared of Obi-Wan or something. I don't know. I always thought, I always wondered that. And that kind of, it just brought back uh, to my memory that question. I don't know what you guys think of that. Well, I think maybe before it seemed to me like it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I've never really thought about it that in depth before, but you know, I I, I remember what you're talking about, where they look up yeah. when they hear the call and then they see him and then they run off. But right, right. and it, like Mike said, it the new one just doesn't sound like That's something scary. that would scare them off. Scary. It would be more, it, you know, it'd be more like you hear that and you look up and go, "What the heck was that?" And then it's yeah. like, "Oh, it's some guy coming at us in a bathrobe." <laughs> it's some drunk old man. <laughs> no. I don't understand. <laughs> kind of, his hands are out by out. You know, waving around like he's yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And it, you know, in Tuscan Raiders in Episode Two, here they can get confronted by uh, Anakin Skywalker, and he lights a lightsaber, and they still run at him. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's one of those like man, I, I don't know. You, at first you think you have something like maybe they're scared of Obi Wan, but then they're like, well, here's a Jedi Knight, and they ran after him like they were gonna, you know, do something to him and. Yeah, now, maybe that was their uh, first encounter with the Jedi Knight. And oh, that's that, true. Yeah, that, yeah. I was just saying the same thing. That's true. Yeah, I forget that that's a lot earlier. So, yeah, maybe maybe it got passed down through Tuscan generation. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. mess, with, don't mess with anybody in a robe or something. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, there's uh, – what else? There's the uh, – you know, they changed the, the door at uh, in Episode uh, 6. I guess mm-hmm. the door is going to be – giant you know java's door yeah that doesn't bother me because that's just a cosmetic thing yeah to to enhance something and and if i have a problem with that then i've got a problem with bespin in in uh the empire special edition which i don't i've always maintained that like empire is is awesome the special edition is great they don't do anything in empire Mm -hmm. that takes away from or changes the story at all what they do is just enhance some of the visuals and that I'm okay with that sort of thing doesn't bother me. Like I said, with the, with the Ewoks, I'm cool with that. That that's fine. Yeah. yeah, Um, That's no big deal. If you want to enhance visuals, that's okay. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to be very unpopular and might get me uh, into trouble later on. Uh But once again, it wouldn't be front lines if I didn't say this stuff. Um, (laughs) I don't particularly think that Matt Wood is as good of a sound designer as as some other sound designers out there. Uh, he's certainly not as good as Ben Burt. He may have learned everything he knows from Ben Burt, but he isn't Ben Burt. Yeah. Uh, ben Burt is is a genius in the same way that that John Williams is a genius and changes the entire tone and feel of these films with his work. Right. Right. And, and you know what? I'll say Matt Wood is also changing the tone and feel of these movies with his work, but not for the better. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and to be perfectly honest, uh, I, I don't think that he has the, the chops and the experience 
to to make the call whether or not what he's doing is right for the films. Um, I think that if you got Ben Burt to do that stuff, he might say to George, now, is this right? Is the, Does this make sense for the character? Does this make sense for the moment? And he'd be looking after the uh, the greater good of Star Wars, let's say. And that might be a little bit altruistic of me to think, but uh, but in listening to him in interviews and that sort of thing, that's that's the the uh, the attitude that that I understand him to have that he has a respect for the work that he's done and that he has a respect for for what Star Wars is. With Matt Wood, I feel like he's just it's a paycheck to him. And he's really happy that he's working on Star Wars, and he doesn't want to do anything that could possibly endanger that position that he's got right now. So he just does whatever, right? Like if if somebody walks up to him and says, you know that part where the Emperor first sits down in Return of the Jedi? Could you make it sound like he's farting as he's sitting down? (laughs) And that would do it and say, yes, sir, Mr. George Lucas, sir, or yes, sir, Mr. Uh, Rick McCallum, sir, and uh, and he would just do it um, because he he was interviewed, I think, on the Force Cast or by the guys at the Force Cast at least, uh, and uh, and and sort of alluded to the fact that there was going to be some audio changes, and then was really excited about them. Now I don't know how anybody who is a true fan of Star Wars can be excited about some of these changes. Uh. But if well, you got if you have to tow the company line, I get that. But but I don't. I I also think that that one of the biggest problems with Lucasfilm right now as a company is that, with the exception, I think, of Dave Filoni, who is managing to to keep Clone Wars uh, fairly serious and fairly well maintained. Right. Uh, you've got a lot of people that just go, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir." to to the to the higher ups um and that don't have the integrity uh, of maintaining star wars as a brand that means something because what the the biggest thing that that all of this does for me is it it just it upsets me that now i have to listen to all of my friends who are kind of star wars fans complain and want uh, and bash Mm -hmm. star wars yet again we yeah. just got past the prequels. It was like the special edition came out and it gave them a whole... Like, okay, Return of the Jedi comes out and people are mad about Ewoks for years. Yeah. But they all get over it. And by the time that they've gotten over it, you get the special edition coming out. And then they've got a whole bunch of new things to, to complain about. Greedo shot first, blah, 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 all that sort of crap. And and then the second that that sort of blew over and everybody was okay with with the special editions, you get the prequels coming out. Now we got to deal with everybody bashing the prequels and making fun of the prequels for six seven years. Right. And uh, and and you know what? I feel like we just kind of finally got to a point where it's like the prequels are what they are, but a lot of people have gotten over yeah. their dislike or whatever for the prequels. But the originals are still classic movies. And then here comes Lucasfilm. And I don't want to pin it all on George Lucas because he's not solely responsible. The buck stops at George Lucas and, you know, he he is 
the guy who's going to make these calls at the end of the day. But there is a hierarchy in that company, and there are producers, and there are uh, sound designers, and 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 that sort of thing that make some of these calls. But um, but but Lucasfilm has now gone and just you know it's it's a uh, it's it's like that the rock that you just that, that you push up the hill and every time it gets to the top of the hill you think you're done and it rolls down the other side and then you got to start pushing it right back up the hill and that's where i'm at right now and uh and as a fan i'm really sick and tired of pushing that rock yes so i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so it's it's not so much that like i'm upset that that the changes have been made. I'm not upset that my friends are going to bash the changes. What I'm really upset about is that Lucasfilm seems to have no idea that this is how their fans feel mm-hmm. and that this is the sort of thing that we're, that we get put through as hardcore fans and, uh, and what would then that we have to put up with and that we have to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there just doesn't seem to be any respect for that, or or an integrity behind what Star Wars means as a brand. Because right now it's really being uh, dragged through the mud between all of the the obnoxious merchandise that's been coming out in the last two years, and uh, and 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 now this and the 3D versions of the films coming out. Um, and last year, Clone Wars, you know, like it just doesn't seem like like they really care because they know. And I've said this before on the show. They know at the end of the day, we're all going to buy it. And I, I think that that's the biggest problem is that, first of all, the fact that that's true. And second of all, the fact that Lucasfilm seems to not mind taking advantage of that fact. So... I mean, there you go. He, yeah. they, we've got me saying controversial things uh, <laughs> and ranting and uh, and putting it out there. But it's just, I don't feel. You know what? I listen. I don't listen to the forecast very often, and I we may have talked about this on the show before. And it's because like I don't. I just don't don't want to, um, particularly when it comes to the Clone Wars, taint my own perspective. On, on the Clone Wars, um, we're, we're totally different news sites. Uh, it's, we offer different perspectives. And, and the second that we're offering the same perspective, we're, we're one, in competition with them. And two, we're not offering anything new to the community, so we might as well stop because the Force cast was there first. Yeah. So I try and uh, sort of stay away from the Force cast and let them do their thing, and then we do our thing over here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and never the twain shall meet, uh, with the exception of, of uh, Mr. Glosson uh, uh, coming on both shows. And that's, sort of, that's our connection. And, uh, and I totally respect the guys over the Forcecast for what they do. Um, it's a completely different kind of show, but it's, and it's a great show. But I did happen to tune in to this last, uh, I guess it wasn't this last week, but it was like two weeks ago when all of this news dropped, right. when, when all this stuff with the Blu-rays happened and we found out about all of it um which may actually may have been last week um it's been a long couple weeks uh (laughs) (laughs) and i was incredibly surprised to hear jason swank and jimmy mack just kind of go yeah whatever 
You know, like there wasn't any kind of outrage. There wasn't any, I have a problem with this, particularly with Jimmy Mack. Like he, he just seems to be okay with it. He's cool with a lot of it. And uh, I don't get it. And, and, and I mean, like, I'm not trying to devalue their opinion or say one thing or the other, but like, this is my opinion is that I think that their crap changes for the most part. Uh, it's completely unnecessary. Um, and then they think that, that they're okay, but I, I don't know. They, they didn't even like play devil's advocate and I was kind of a little bit shocked by it. And I think that, that they actually represent a larger portion of the star Wars fandom than we do. Oh, I think yeah. that, that the average fan is more in tune with the force cast than they are with front lines. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> for one, it's very evident because their numbers are a lot bigger than ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, it's just it's it's difficult to deal with everything that happens in Star Wars fandom when that's the sort of attitude that that we deal with. Um, and we're and I'm sure all three of us are responsible for contributing to it as well because it's not like I mean I had moments there was definitely I, I I was fighting an inner battle of like well do I actually care about these blu-rays anymore and at the end of the day I want Star Wars on high definition and I'm going to choke down some of these changes because fingers crossed and we won't know until Friday but fingers crossed you know the death star escape sequence hasn't been altered <laughs> yeah. right we're going to get that in high def uh, Duel of the Fates hasn't been altered. We're going to get that in high def. Battle of the Heroes hasn't been altered, even though it probably could use a good 15 minutes cut out of it. But uh, it hasn't been altered, and, and that's going to be awesome to see in high definition. Um, you know, the assault on the second Death Star is going to be amazing. And I'm, I'm really hoping that, because we've also seen some of the great stuff that they've done, that was that was mentioned on StarWars.com stuff where they've fixed the frame in Episode One because uh, the the letterboxing that they did wasn't quite proper letterboxing. So we're gonna get that uh, uh, the Foden bead, uh, the the two headed announcer from the pod race. Uh, they fixed his com- computer model so that his hand isn't going through his chest at one point. Which like it's a, that's a half second thing that I never noticed and a lot of people probably didn't. Um, they fixed the matting on a lot of stuff uh, so that it's actually restored to the to to what is full screen. Um, they've reduced the black mats on a lot of things because in high definition that stuff's going to show up. Uh, they fixed the lightsabers in in A New Hope. They fixed the lightsabers finally. in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, like yeah. they finally gotten around to a lot of this stuff, and I mean. The biggest thing of all is, and I didn't know that there was a there was a term for it, but the Emperor's slugs, those black splotches on either side of his eyes, mm-hmm. and I didn't know the whole thing behind it, but apparently George wasn't pleased with the makeup or around, the prosthetics around the side of the the mask, so they went to uh, the side of like uh, the Emperor's prosthetics on his face, so they went in and they digitally matted it out with a shadow, with a digital shadow. But it's always been kind of this globby thing on the VHS and the DVDs mm-hmm. that wasn't noticeable on film, right? When you yeah. when you saw it projected, nobody ever really cared. But then the second that it came out on VHS, a couple of people started to notice it. And then when it came out on DVD, it was really noticeable, and people started to get upset about it. 
and now we're finally getting that fixed. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the sort of thing that, like, I am all for. If you want to tweak and fix errors and and continuity stuff and and, uh, uh, weird uh, technical glitches and stuff that are going on, I'm all for that, and it makes perfect sense to me. But when you want to go in and you want to start adding and editing and changing the tone of certain scenes, I'm not going to, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to sit back and just kind of take that. But I guess I am, because I'm going to get, I'm getting these Blu-rays. They're coming on Friday or Monday or Tuesday, whenever they show up. Um, The the order's there. I'm sure they're ready to ship. Um, And I'm not going to cancel that order. (laughs) So, uh, and, and, you know, when, if they released uh, high def versions of, of the 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 laser disc edits um, that were actually cleaned up because not a lot of people realize, but the DVD ones weren't cleaned up for DVD. They were just taken directly from the laser disc and released on DVD. So that's the what what's been called the unedited theatrical cuts, which they aren't actually the theatrical cuts. So people who go, well, th- that's the only ones that I watch because they're the true version of Star Wars. There's no such thing as a true version of Star Wars. There were, like, three versions of, of the original reel, like the original film reels, between its original release, its, uh, its wide release, and then its second release when Empire came out, when they did the double features and stuff. So there's, there's been edits from day one. Like he's never been finished with these movies and that's fine as long as you're not going in and making my life more difficult as a star Wars. fan. So, (laughs) so I don't know. Like I I just expected to hear the guys at at the force cast at least voice that a little bit more. There was a little bit of it. Jason was a little bit like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this, but by the end of the podcast, he was like, it doesn't really make a difference because we're all going to buy it and we're all going to be happy with it. And it's going to be great. And I'm sure star Wars and high def is going to be awesome. And, and I, and I agree with that sentiment to a certain degree, but I also, I don't know. I, they, it just, the only way we're going to make an impact on this sort of behavior at Lucasfilm as a corporation is to stop purchasing stuff. Is yeah. to speak with our wallets because that ain't gonna happen. They're, they're, yeah, and it's yeah. not gonna happen because they're not listening to what we're saying. That much is clear. Um, they hear what we're saying, they respond to what we're saying, but they're not listening to it. And I think that that in season two with the Mandalore stuff uh, in Clone Wars, we really got evidence of that, and so we shouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. by these blu-ray changes that that they're just going to keep doing stuff because it doesn't matter right um what you know now we've got yet another cut of these films um which means that we'll have yet another set of fan edits to these films because some people will choose to keep some things and get rid of other things like we're talking about yeah. and uh and and there's going to be even more versions of star wars floating around than there were before um and, and it's just going to keep going on and on and on. And then we're going to get Blu-rays in a year or two years. Well, we'll get in a year. We'll probably get the, the 3d Blu-rays, right. Or maybe two years once they've all come out in the theaters. And then we're going to get the theatrical versions on Blu-ray 
and uh, and and I don't know. Uh, the only thing that I can say is is that I hope that we get we get at least cleaned up versions and not just the THX remastered stuff. Like they at least go back and they clean it up for high def. They do some of the stuff that they've done in these special edition ones, um, like cleaning up those mats and everything. But, but I don't know. Cause it's just like, I, I, we fit into this, into this weird, uh, sub genre of fans. That's okay with cosmetic, updates mm-hmm. but we don't like some of the stuff that alters the story so it's like you know this the vader no not okay han mm-hmm. not shooting first not okay, not okay yeah um yoda cg puppet in episode one Good. fine yeah. that's great, great. Yeah. uh it, it, expanding the size of the wall in in uh return of the or the the gate in return of the jedi that's cool by me uh, in the special edition, the, the scene where Han runs into the room full of stormtroopers, when it was previously just like five or six stormtroopers, it wasn't cool. But when it's a you know hundred stormtroopers, that scene works now, right? Um, so I don't know. It, what I want is somewhere in between a special edition and an original theatrical cut. Yeah, and I don't know that I'll ever be happy. So maybe I should just. Resign myself to purchasing everything and just realize yeah, that I'm never going to be okay with it yeah. unless I choose to go in and, you know, make an edit myself. Well, so. I, I was going to play the devil's advocate because you were talking about it because I'm, I'm pretty much cool with everything. I mean, uh, the Darth Vader thing is the only thing that kind of bugs me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like you were talking about all the cosmetic stuff. I mean, that's all like stuff that we were wanting them to change. Yeah. And it's almost like they go in and do that, and it's like, well, how about this too? And and I don't know, but I do I do like most of the changes. Um, some of the stuff they added, it doesn't bother me. Um, so like I said, I am kind of playing the, the devil's advocate. Uh, Kyle, you wanted to you were you had something you wanted to to bring up too, right? What was? Um, well, one thing I was going to say, Mike. Um... I didn't listen to that force cast or whatever that you were talking about with Matt Wood, where you thought he was like really excited about those changes. But I just saw a video interview with him the other day from the Clone Wars Season 4 premiere, and they asked him stuff about the Blu-ray and, like, you know, what do you think about these changes and, uh, you know, why were they made and all that kind of stuff. And to me, from what he said, he didn't sound very excited about it. Like, no. he, 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 didn't, he didn't say this outright, but it almost sounded like, yeah, I know people don't like it. I'm not really crazy about it, but that's what George Lucas wanted, so that's what I did. That so was then kind he, of what I got from it. Then he's changed his tone since the fans have sort of voiced their opinion. Um, I don't know. I, it's not going to be popular, but I'm not particularly a fan of Matt Wood. Uh, between his his performance as Grievous and and you know his work on on the Clone Wars, I think that some of it leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, and just kind of his personality in stuff like this that we're talking about. From what I've seen, from the evidence that I've got, and and I'm sure that he's a really nice guy, uh, you know, on a personal basis and that sort of thing. But when it comes to to fan relations and and as a professional and that sort of thing, I, I, I just I'm never really all that comfortable with with his sort of politics within the Star Wars fan community. Um, I did meet him in person at at C5. Um, we did talk to him 
And, uh, and I found that of all of the people that I interviewed that weekend, he was the most cagey. Uh, he was really difficult to approach. He was really difficult to actually, that's not true. The most difficult person to talk to was Peter Mayhew above and beyond. Peter Mayhew was kind of mean to us. Um, but, uh, but whatever we kind of, I, I, we may have caught him at a bad time. Apparently, according to JC, he was much more delightful, uh, uh, later when he met him. And, and I think, did you meet him at some point, Matt? Well, I saw him at uh, uh, WonderCon. But, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he's one of those guys that, man, he, he just, if you catch him on a bad day. Uh, yeah, I think if you catch day. him on a bad day. And, yeah. and you know what, he's he's older, so so yeah. we can allow him a little bit of his. Uh, some slack, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he's been doing this a long time and putting up with us for a very, very long while. Um, but with Matt Wood, it, it just felt disingenuous. I, I don't know. Um and 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 I, I think that the audio is in one of our our uh, episodes from around C five last year, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't know. I always just kind of got this feeling that that he's just kind of you know doing the thing that he's got to do, um, and that he that he really is happy to be a part of Star Wars, but um, he's going to protect that at all costs, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see him to to because they talked about it on the Force Cast that. That when they talked to him, he talked about the edits and seemed kind of like enthusiastic and was like, I can't wait for you guys to see some of the things that we've done. Um, and I guess it's somewhat understandable that, that you could be enthusiastic about making some of those changes and then you turn around and everybody's mad about them. So you're going to be like, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm kind of sad about those changes now, you know. Um, well, I've also read articles too where he was really enthusiastic about kind of the high def upgrade and the yeah, you know yeah. Blu-ray surround sound and everything. So yeah. I can understand if he's excited about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Blu-ray really. A lot of people don't understand that that uh, DVD quality when it comes to the the video quality isn't that much of a step down from Blu-ray quality. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a noticeable difference, but it's that's not even where Blu-ray discs shine the most uh where they shine the most is the fact that you can have uncompressed audio yeah. and you can have like the highest quality of surround sound possible mm-hmm. and uh and that's one thing that that i am really excited about with these blu-rays is to get eventually you know a nice high def tv uh in my living room nice i'm, I'm looking at a 55 inch for the living room for this christmas and uh and eventually to get that that 5.1 you know 7.1 whatever surround sound in so that i can watch star wars in that completely all encompassing experience where yeah, you know it sounds good, like yeah. sounds like the tie fighters are flying around you when you're in the millennium falcon and 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 all that sort of thing and that's uh that's really exciting to me and uh and i and i don't doubt that that they worked really hard on getting that stuff all polished and and you know spick and span for uh for the blu-rays but then it comes down to these these story edits like that's what it comes down to is that if you're gonna change the story i don't know i've said it to a lot of my friends in the last couple weeks that episode four five and six are three of the most perfect movies that you'll ever see they're they're untouchable 
right, in their original versions. They're amazing films. And you can whine about, you know, the, the special effects need to be updated. It's old, you know, whatever. But you can't say a single thing about the story. You can't say a single thing about the performances. You can't say a single thing about the innovation and and the technology that they used for the time that they made it. They're part of film history, and they're amazing just the way they are. The same cannot be said for the prequels. I enjoy the prequels, particularly episodes two and three, not so much episode one, but there's a lot of work that needed to be done on those scripts and on those stories before those movies got shot that wasn't done. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to spend all of this time and energy on making the, the, the original trilogy mirror the prequel trilogy when really the prequel trilogy doesn't stand on its own merits in a lot of respects. So you're, you spend all that time editing something that's perfect uh, messing with perfection and, and uh, you know, adding an extra brush stroke to, to Leonardo da Vinci's work. And, uh, and you can't go back and, uh, and, and, you know, finish some of those lines in your coloring book that you didn't get to. Cause that's how I feel about it. It, it. There are major story edits that could be made that would make the prequels flow mm-hmm. and would make episode one move just a little bit faster and uh, and this and some stuff that that wasn't necessary. I mean, for goodness sake, all you gotta do is go in and cut around that line about midichlorians, and then <laughs> we can pretend like it never happened, right? That's something that if you went in and you cut it out, I don't think anybody would begrudge you that. And yet, I guarantee it's still in there. Yeah, you I, know, I didn't hear of any changes like they did with just let's say Vader thing for any of the prequel stuff. Yeah, just so, cosmetic stuff yeah. and barely any. Yeah. I mean, in this yeah. in this uh, article on StarWars.com, episode two and three is two paragraphs, and it's like it says here, right here, episodes two and three had the least amount of correction and restoration required as they were captured and released in high definition digital video from the start. So they didn't even bother to go back and look at it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there is stuff in episodes two and three that, that you could do to tighten those movies up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you could cut about 15 minutes out of that epic battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan and it would still work if yeah. not work a little bit better, yeah, you know, because, uh, it, it, the, there's a guy who does reviews, uh, red letter media. Yeah. And uh, they're pretty famous. We've talked about them on the show before, I think. Um, he did his episode three review. And one of the things that he said was halfway through the battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan, we've completely forgotten what they were fighting about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and now they're just fighting. Now they're just climbing up this big thing and swiping lightsabers at each other while they do it. And now they're just swinging and hitting each other with lightsabers and Really, the only parts of that sequence that are important are the beginning when Anakin says, you know, my new empire, my empire. And and, and Obi-Wan's like, your empire, you're ridiculous, you're crazy, I can't help you, you've clearly turned to the dark side. And then at the end when he was like, you know, you were my brother and, and uh, chops his legs off and <laughs> leaves him for dead, you know. Those are the important parts of that story. And uh, and if you cut out anything in between, sure, we'd be missing out on a lot of really great special effects. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just eye candy, though, yeah. But, but would we be missing out on the story? No. Would the story flow a little bit better? Yes. Yeah. You know? Because there's nothing wrong with that battle sequence when it comes to um, we're cutting between... Well, we're cutting between three things, right? We're cutting between Anakin and Obi-Wan, and we're cutting between... Uh, well, I guess just two things. It's Anakin and Obi-Wan and, and Yoda and the Emperor. Right. And... Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly how Star Wars is supposed to work. We're supposed to be cutting between the second Death Star battle and Luke and Vader in their final confrontation in front of the Emperor and Han and Leia and the rest of them on Endor fighting the ground battle. That's how Star Wars works, right? And that's when it works at its best. That end sequence of Return of the Jedi is awesome. Uh, and, and like I said, it's, you know, there's, it's perfect. And does it take a whole bunch of extra time to show off? No, it just tells the story, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have an extra 15 minutes of starfighters flying around and doing loop-de-loops. The cuts are all quick and and it's tight and, and it just tells the story that needs to be told. Um, and adds in the, 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 the pacing that we need in order to deal with this huge monumental battle that's going on between father and son in front of the most evil person in the galaxy, because that's too heavy to just sit with the whole time, right? That needs time to, to sort of digest in our brains while it's happening. And then, you know, so then we cut away to, to these other things that pace it out to be uh, humorous and to be, fun and and uh and and a little bit more on the adventure side than the drama side mm-hmm. but with with the 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 battle of the heroes sequence all we get is two really melodramatic sequences going on at the same time and there's only really one part of humor in there where yoda says you know, an end to your reign, you know, an end has come to your reign and not soon enough it was, and that's it, right? And, you know, when he slams the, the guards against the wall and they just pass out, that's kind of cute. Yeah. But but other than that, we don't, we're not really given any of that other pacing to sort of slow it down in the way that it needs to be slowed down, which is to sort of, like, take away uh, uh, a little bit of the gravitas so that we can digest it. Instead, we're just left sort of sitting with this this really big, heavy meal, you know? It's like when you go to a restaurant, you go to, a, like, an Italian place, and they give you this gigantic plate of spaghetti. And you're like, you know, the first few bites, you're like, oh, this spaghetti is so good. This is the best spaghetti I've ever eaten in my life. And then you kind of get into that, that second half of that, that plate of spaghetti, and you're like, I think I might be done. But I like haven't even eaten half of this, so you just keep going through it, and then, uh, and then you know you you, you kind of just want to box up the rest of it and take it home for later, and you don't want to do that to somebody in a movie because otherwise they're going to stop watching it, right? You're going to get people walking out and going, "Now oh, watch the rest on Blu-ray." Yeah. So I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> that's um, my opinion. Hey, it ha- you know what? Maybe we should have gotten together over the summertime. Because you were going off right now. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. We should have. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about. We, no, I knew this was going to happen, too. Hey, we're going to hit this, Sorry. though. We're going to hit this again when the uh, the breweries come out. I'm sure we revisit yeah. this. 
Uh, but Kyle's got to go in a few minutes. Kyle, we got season four of the Clone Wars coming up. Um, of course, we've gotten some trailers out there. We kind of know a little bit what's going on with the first two episodes, uh, Water War and uh, it's Gungan something. Gungan, Gungan Attack. Gungan Attack. There you go. So uh, what are you thinking for season four? Uh, how's Gungan it look so attack? far? That's what the second title is? Yeah. I have been doing my job, guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, like, not in the loop right now. Um, yeah. Go, go ahead, Kyle. Talk, give, give us your impressions. You, right, you guys um, are more in the loop than I am, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Well, I, I read a couple reviews from the uh, the premiere they had at, like, the aquarium and stuff. People were saying that it looked really good, that the underwater visuals and stuff were fantastic, and that the battles are huge and everything, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, they've said that's kind of the theme of the whole season, is they're trying to get more, you know, just, like, bigger in scale and scope and more clones on the screen at the same time fighting these big battles and stuff, so... Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we know from before season three, everybody was all hyped up, and the first half of the season kind of let us down a little bit. But um, yeah, a little every, bit. Everything I've seen <laughs> so far from the trailers and preview clips and interviews that I've read and stuff is sounding pretty promising so far for the start of season four. Yeah, and Filoni's been on, and he's really been. I think he's heard some of the obviously the maybe a little mm. bit of the criticism that season three got. And he's saying, you know what, this season, he's quoted as saying, this season the fights reach a new level right from the get-go. Um, things that they experienced, uh, experimented with in the past. Uh, they're going to be going to, like you said, Kyle, just bigger. There's going to be Revenge of the Sith type uh, stuff going on in, in the picture. He, he talks about this water war where it's going to be just full of characters, um, something that, that's kind of breaking new ground. So that's And some of the colors, I mean, I watched that trailer, that extended trailer. And right in the beginning, they show this uh, Mon Calamari. He's like, he's got this uh, colorful suit thing on, and it's like, wow, it just jumps out at you, just the colors and everything. And yeah, uh, you know, you see that trailer, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, uh, we got new creatures coming in, or not new, maybe not new creatures, but new to the series. Uh, Asajj is back. Death Watch is back. Mike, we talked about Lux last season. How we yep. watched that one episode, and we go, you know what? Something's going on here, you know. We might see yeah. Lux again, and sure enough, you know, mm-hmm. he's back. Um, you know, of course, the Mon Calamari, you know, we see Rex, face, was it Phase 2 helmet? Uh, yeah, yeah. Know. Well, all the clones this season are in Phase 2 armor, so. Yeah. Um, but Rex and some of the yeah, other... looking good, too. Oh, man, is that... Yeah, that is the best that the Phase 2 armor has looked, in my opinion, is on Rex. Because um, I'm a big fan of the Episode 2 clones, the Phase 1 armor. Um, but I really like the way it looks in Clone Wars. I really like the Phase Two armor in Clone Wars. Yeah, I'm yeah. really happy with uh, with the way that it's looking. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I agree with you, Mike. I like how it looks on Rex because he kind of um, he still got like the Phase One uh, visor going on mm-hmm. on the helmet. He's you know doesn't have like the more Stormtrooper yeah. type mask that the rest of them do. Yeah. You know, and Filoni also he talked about. I saw a uh, a post that he did where. Uh, he was saying, you know, don't don't forget about uh, you know the Darth Maul Savage Fre- Savage Press. He's coming back. We're going to hit that story we we kind of teased you with because mm-hmm. my my fear was like they were going to hit us with this you know hey Darth Maul in the Clone Wars you know he's back whatever and then we would never see it again and I was I was a little afraid that that was going to happen but no he said he didn't really say this season but he said don't worry we have plans for that story and we're going to hit that story. 
Um, and like I said, I don't know if it's season four or beyond, but it's good to know that they're going to go back to that. Yeah, I think it might be sometime in season four, just Maybe, if I'm remembering yeah. what I've read. Well, here's here's uh, here's the episode titles that we've got so far. We've got the ones that we just talked about, Water War and Gun- Gungan Attack, okay. uh, which is the two-part that's going to air this Friday. Uh, and then we've got uh, the following week, we've got Prisoners, which could be about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, capping off September, we have an episode titled Shadow Warrior. Hmm. So I'm going to say that that oh okay here prisoners i will bet you anything is that the the mandalorian story um and shadow warrior is either a part two to that or a story about savage or assage one of those two um i'll actually well actually i'm gonna have to completely shoot that down because i read the uh i I actually read the latest uh, star wars insider they had previews for all those Oh, and so prisoners is just gonna be like the final to the uh, the Mon Calamari. Oh, okay. Part. It's the and I guess it's gonna story. be like Republic prisoners, and they finally break out and win the battle or something. I don't know. And then Shadow Warrior is gonna be um, that episode we've seen in the preview where General Grievous is like sl- slaughtering a bunch of Gungans. Oh, okay. Or something. It said okay. something about Grievous on Naboo, so um, I'm guessing that's what that one will be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Wikipedia has more information than the, I was on TV.com, which didn't really have anything. Yeah. Okay. So so here's here's the yeah, let's just go over these really quick. Uh, Water War. Here's the description. Underwater unrest. The assassination of the king of Mon Calamari creates conflict between the Mon Cala and the Quarren. So Padme and Anakin are dispatched to make peace, but the separatists have other plans. And then we've got Gungan attack. The Jedi find themselves trapped by sustained separatist attacks. Can the Gungan save the day? I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got prisoners, which, like you're saying, it's the it's the third part to this. The Republican Gungan armies are captured by Rift Tamsin. Uh, Ahsoka and Prince Lee Char must unite the fractured people. Uh, and then we've got Shadow Warrior. Jar Jar must fill in for Boss Leone and sway his people from rising against the Naboo. That that could be a really interesting episode. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool, yeah, I, it sounds like a really good start to the season, but uh, let me just remind you of last year, clone cadets, arc troopers, supply lines, and sphere of influence. This uh, kind of follows the exact same pattern. We've got clone cadets and arc troopers for the premiere. Excellent, top-notch, some of the best stuff they've done. Supply lines, great episode, really cool stuff, filling in story points on other arcs, uh, very cool. Sphere of Influence sounded really cool. P- political intrigue sounded like a fun break from all of the ridiculous action that we'd gotten in those first three episodes. But it only heralded the beginning of a whole lot of boring political intrigue for the rest of the season. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we also... And season two, Holocron Heist, Cargo of Doom, awesome episodes, Children of the Forest, one of the best episodes of the series, and then Senate Spy. So that fourth well, then, episode... Then Senate Spy, but then you had the Geonosis arc right after that. Yes. And I think we might have something similar in this case, because I know sometime during the season, and I think I heard that it's in the first half, we're going to have a, another big clone arc. Um, and that's the one where we've seen Rex and his guys in the Phase 2 armor, and the um, that... Jedi with the two double-bladed lightsabers oh, yeah. with the four. Basilisk, yeah. Yeah, who's uh, I think General Krell's his name. 
Yes. So that, I mean, that story arc is probably one of the things I'm most excited for for the whole season. Yeah, that looks cool, too. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get to that one. Yeah. I, I'm just worried that, like, previous seasons were being shown a sizzle reel of the entire season. And I... Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's kind of it's kind of two things because it's something to be worried about and something to be excited about at the same time. We're not seeing everything that there is to see, oh, but no, no. we're we're also only seeing a very small portion of what will be this season. So to get excited for the whole season based on what's in this sizzle reel is maybe I don't know. It's it just just personally. I, I'm just a little bit scared. I'm a little bit wary. You're so skeptic, that's all. Well, yeah. I mean, um, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? Yeah. So, can't fool me twice. So. Yeah. And I hear what you're saying, Mike, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of looking at this stuff a little bit more cautiously because of the beginning of last season, but yeah. you know, kind of after looking at it and thinking about it, I'm really kind of optimistic about what I've seen so far. I'm trying not to be like overly, you know, too hyped and yeah, 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 you know, deciding that this is going to be the best season ever before I've seen it, but I really am excited about which what is, I've seen so which far. Which is what we did last season on the Heels yeah. C5, is that I think we all really walked away from that sizzle reel, that trailer, and the 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 clip that had the clone commandos in it, and the clip that had Savajo Press in it, and all of that stuff, all of those reveals about season three, and we all walked away going, oh my god, this is going to be the greatest season of clone wars ever and the greatest season of television in the history of the universe (laughs) and then what we ended up with was a very lackluster season um i mean just to sort of give the the quick overview i and we've talked about this a lot but yeah you know political intrigue boringness in the beginning then we got the savage press stuff which was awesome then we got the mortis stuff which was slower but that had a lot in it uh, what we wanted to see stuff about the force stuff about the Jedi, not stuff about, you know, bills and charters and trade routes and that sort of thing. Um, and then we got the Citadel stuff. The Citadel was, was a great arc, but then we ended on this really sort of kind of weak note in my opinion. And I know that I, I, I this opinion isn't shared, but I, uh, but in my opinion, the Padawan lost and Wookiee hunt episodes were a really weak way to finish that season. Uh, weak way, not weak way. Just, just <laughs> now yeah. there was no there was no Hondo Onaka in those episodes. Yeah, there was no Hondo Onaka. But you know what? A little bit of Hondo would have gone a long way in those episodes. Uh, that's that's what I'm gonna say for season four. More Hondo, more Hondo, for <laughs> better. Uh, I I love Hondo. Uh, we talked about this on the Facebook group i i think you put up a thing of who your favorite villains are right Was yeah that, is that right now uh, like, yeah uh, i put up a poll question just yeah. to kind of get people talking a little bit yeah and for me it's hondo by and far i uh, he just i don't know there's just something about his character he's just such a great character the voice acting is so great uh he's he's really complex there's a lot of depth to him but there's also a lot of humor and uh, and there's so much room to explore him without giving away anything about him. I don't want to know anything about his past other than, like, I don't want to see any of it. I just want him to talk about it. Like what we got in uh, in the season two finale with, with uh, Aura saying, 
kind of alluding and the two of them alluding to the fact that they were once involved. That's all I need to know. I just need to know that that that's the kind of dude that Hondo is. Like that, they, they, you know, he's a ladies' man among the the ne'er do wells of the Star Wars universe, right? Yeah, that's the sort of thing that I want to see in this season. Uh, I want to see character moments like that, rather than explaining things. Show me, don't tell me. And I think that that's going to be my 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 motto for season four: is show me, don't tell me. It's my motto for Star Wars in general right now, but <laughs> but for season four. Um. Yeah. yeah. Show don't tell. Yep. So, it's the Clone Wars podcast season four. Show don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> for for me, it's like you know, after last season, honestly, I'm like, you can tell me all you want as long as you're telling me on a battlefield and not in a you know Senate seat. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you, and I love Hondo too. He's a great character. Yeah. Well, they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna delve into a little bit more of Anakin's conflict from the from the trailers and. uh Mm-hmm. Like you talked about Kyle, the Basilic, that that Dexter Jetster uh, Jedi, uh, the lightsaber fighting looks like it's ramped up. Um, there was one scene in the trailer where Anakin kind of jumps over this fence type thing with one hand, and it, and it just looked like it was s- seamless, like smooth, like like you'd seen a movie. Like you wouldn't see that in a in a cartoon, you know? It was, yeah. it was a trip. It just jumped out at me when I saw that. So, and, and like I said, we're getting Death Watch back, Asajj is back, Savage. And not only do we have uh, Ventress coming back, but there's a clip in the trailer. She's her and a bunch of Night Sisters are about to face off against Grievous and a bunch of battle yeah. droids. So we kind of yeah. get to see how the yeah. end of that arc from last season plays out, where you know there's now like a split between Dooku and Ventress and the Separatists and the Night Sisters. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, definitely. And then I'm gonna go on record as saying, if they do do anything with Darth Maul and Savage this year, it's got to be something like a, a season cliffhanger or something like that, because. That's the way you go out of a season is if you were going to bring him back, that's the way you go out. Yeah. Uh, you talk about cliffhangers and, and ending a season on a high note. Can you imagine seeing Darth Maul in Clone Wars form again in some fashion on a season finale? I mean, that's the way you do it. So, like I said, I don't know if we're going to get it this year, but that'd be kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, no, I know I'm, I'm excited. Uh, some it looks great. Of course, like always, they've talked about how it's ramped up. You know, the, if you didn't think that the uh, the animation could get any better, but it looks like it's it's got a little better. So, Absolutely. yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I, I've stopped thinking that after season two, I didn't think it could get any better, and then it got a lot better in season three. So now I'm just kind of like, hit me with it. You know, we'll just see what they come up with. Season four just looks amazing. I've got the 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 trailer playing right now, and. Uh, yeah. Some of the lighting effects and the atmosphere effects, uh-huh. uh, it just, we talked about this a lot last season with, with a lot of things. Um, it's just, it adds so much more atmosphere and it just makes it that much more rich and interesting yeah. to watch. Um, and I mean, they, it looks like we're going to get to see uh, uh, Jedi in cloaks this season a little bit more, <laughs> um, yeah. which is something to be excited about, I think. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to see that dark side of Anakin come out a little bit more. Um, yes, I, I am. I am excited overall because it's more Star Wars, and I'm always going to be excited for more Star Wars. Um, I'm super excited to hear that that the Gungans are going to be in this season premiere, uh, sort of battling alongside the Republic army and rescuing the Mon Calamari. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to as as a as a, a 
as an ambassador for Gungan relations personally, because I've always liked the Gungans as a as a race. Um, it, it that really gets me pumped because it's the sort of thing where we're gonna get to see these characters and this uh, this race of people that we were kind of uh, I don't know I, I guess a little bit. Uh, not treated to, to to as much of them as we would have liked in episode one, uh, and and they've kind of got the worst ambassador in the universe in Jar Jar Binks. Um, it's going to be cool to see them get their day, right? Like to, to yeah. sort of get their moment to shine. It sounds like the beginning of the season is going to be a lot of that. Um, and and I've said before that Clone Wars has gone a long way in redeeming the character of Jar Jar Binks in a lot of people's eyes. Um, which is really cool. Uh, but I can't help but think that we're going to see more Gungans because episode one is being released in 3D. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's so kind of ties in. But. It, it seems like more than just a coincidence, but at the same time, they always talk about how they work on these episodes for, yeah. you know, they write them like years before we ever see them on TV. So I'm wondering if back when they, yeah, wrote these, but, if they were really trying all, to time it. But they're also worrying about when the 3d release is going to happen years before we even hear about it right yeah. so i mean it's kind of like they can't have just done all of this stuff on the blu-rays in the last year right yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah definitely we they've known at lucasfilm probably for three or four years that they're getting ready to release the blu-rays but they wanted to do something big for it so they decided to go and do all this extra stuff um so yeah, I, I on the one hand I agree with you. On the other hand, it's a corporation, right? It's Lucasfilm mm-hmm. Incorporated. <laughs> it's not Lucasfilm not for profit. <laughs> so, so they have this mapped out, and uh, and they are the best at this in the world at at setting these things up and and knocking them down. So. Um, I, I guarantee if we're seeing Darth Maul show up last season and he's going to be on the packaging for all of the action figures in 2012 and the 3D Episode 1 release is happening, then Gungans in this is not anything of a coincidence. It's, it's absolutely uh, intentional. Right. But at least Dave Filoni has the integrity to take that marketing opportunity and turn it into something amazing which he's going to do with with the Gungans battling on Mon Calamari. I have no doubt, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, sure. And we're going to get to see Kit Fisto again in yes. a sense role, yeah, yeah. and that's always good in my opinion. His uh, his removable blade lightsaber is coming out later this year, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to be picking myself up one of those because... Oh, the... Uh, the Force Effects. Ultimate blade. Force Effects ones? Yeah, with the oh, removable nice. plate. So, I uh, that's exciting for me. It's more Kit Fisto because he's one of my favorite prequel characters. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I am excited. I'm I'm really excited for the Clone Wars to come back. I'm almost. I've been so busy that it hasn't quite sunk in for me yet that that Clone Wars premieres this. Friday. I know it's a few days away. Yeah, like like by the time that this episode goes up, I, I'm hoping to get it up, you know, Wednesday. Maybe I'll even get it up tonight as we're recording this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, if if we're lucky, if I get motivated, which I <laughs> kind of <laughs> right now because I'm kind of pumped. 
Um, and, it, it, you know, I, yeah, it is only a couple of days away. We're like, we're right there. We're sort of on the eve of it. And, and the Blu-ray release is definitely overshadowing that a little bit. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, honestly, I'd have to say I'm more excited for Clone Wars just because it's new Star Wars. It's new, yeah. yeah. As opposed to, you know, a remastered version of what we've seen already. Yeah, yeah. And we, we haven't got a chance to, uh, and we'll probably hit this maybe next week or, or, or in a few weeks here. Um, you know, we didn't even get a chance to talk about all the uh, uh, deleted stuff that's coming out with these Blu-rays, too. So, well, yeah, and so. the most important announcement coming out of Lucasfilm in the last, uh, in the last three or four months uh, and that's Red Tails, obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool looking trailer, too. Yeah, uh, I am really excited. You know what? More than the Blu-rays, more than Clone Wars, I am so excited for Red Tails because it looks like what, what I love about Star Wars, which is some awesome dogfighting battles, you know? Yeah. It, it looks like Star Wars for real. <laughs> to me, like, yeah. those dogfights look amazing, and I'm so yeah. excited. And we're probably going to do a Red Tails podcast when the when the movie comes out, and we'll talk about it a lot coming up to it because I'm really excited about it. Yeah, uh, it does look good. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm uh, just but, excited to see. What you, I'm just excited to see something Lucasfilm is bringing out a, a, a theatrical release yeah. to see everybody's reaction. I mean, is this going to live that's up to not Star Wars? That's not yeah. in. Indie- jones that's not willow this is something new and it's something serious it's something that people that nobody's going to be able to scoff at this i mean you look at this movie and and it just it feels like really uplifting and it's a it's an awesome story to tell about these uh the african-american fighter pilots in the in the second world war and you've got some real heavy hitters with terrence uh uh what is it terrence howard and uh and uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Howard uh, Brian Cranston's in it. Uh, it's just an awesome, awesome cast, yeah. uh, and and a really cool story, and some just mouth watering special effects. And it's not even so much that it looks completely real to me because it doesn't. It looks almost like unreal. Like it, it looks really stylized and really cool. And it's yeah. just got this great visual flair to it uh, that, that's got me really excited so that people can stop, you know, ripping on George Lucas and start saying, like, look, this is something that he has produced, a project that he's been working on for the last 10 years that's, that's a passion project for him uh, to get this out the door and, and to get it on screens. I mean, it's gone through so many different uh, – sort of uh versions and 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 uh at one point it was going to be uh, a tv movie i think it was going to be a mov- mini series uh it's going to be directed dvd and now it's coming out in the theaters and it's just awesome to see it finally happening it's something at lucasfilm that's new something that we can get excited about that's not star wars or indiana jones mm-hmm. is uh is refreshing so yeah yep. it's looking good too so a lot of stuff to cover man a lot of stuff to um, go over Ton. So I guess we should probably wrap it up for today. This is kind of like just a, hey, you know, we're welcome back, or we're coming back. Um, get ready for next week. Clone Wars is coming out. You know, we're going to be talking Blu-rays and Clone Wars, Red Tails. we got a lot of stuff yeah. to cover. Just wanted to clean the palette so that yeah, we're yeah, getting at season four and say, you know, we're back for Clone Wars. We're back for another season. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyth- and, and, like, no. and, and also the... Uh, 
like we talked about earlier, Mike said, um, head over to the Facebook and, you know, I'm sure the chatter's really going to start ramping up after Friday. Yeah. Um, so yeah. everybody that was on the forum. Oh, we do. We have, we have one prediction coming in from Twitter uh, for, for season four of Clone Wars. Oh, okay. and, uh, and that is, uh, it's from Derek Russell over from formerly of Starkville, uh, Starkville's House of L mm-hmm. podcast, the Smallville podcast. Uh, currently, he can be heard on uh, Geek Out Loud alongside Steve Glosson, who can be heard on this podcast every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had to say, uh, let me just pull it up so that I can read it word for word on what he had to say about it. Uh, okay, here, here's what uh, Derek has to say. I bet Anakin turns out to be Darth Vader. <laughs> it's a little bit spoilery maybe Whoa, but man i wonder yeah. what made him think that we'll have to, we'll have to see how that plays out slow down spoiler warning <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i guess we'll just have to wait and see in season yeah. I, I don't really get that feeling but no. i don't know i guess we'll see <laughs> i i i always felt that 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 i uh ahsoka was going to become darth vader that was going to be the twist Whoa, that's a everybody twist. thinks she's going to die but in truth no. she darth vader. We we won't even talk about how does she become Luke's father. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, anything else we got to hit, Mike, before we uh, say uh, good night for this week? Uh, just uh, stay tuned to CloneWarsPodcast.com. Oh, as always, uh, oh. leave your comments on episodes. Uh, every week we post up the uh, the preview. So uh, we are we are a great place to check that out. And you know what? Here's my thing. Uh, other sites will get that to you sooner than we will, but no site will make it as easy to find as we will. I guarantee that because it's always right at the top yeah. uh, uh, on that that very simple to find uh, uh, homepage of ours. So just go to clonewarspodcast.com. It, they usually release it around the Monday or the Tuesday. So you can check those out uh, on our website, leave comments and uh, your predictions for episodes. Uh, and uh, uh, you can uh, write in emails uh, and, and talk to us. You can send that to uh, Mike at CloneWarsPodcast.com or Matt at CloneWarsPodcast.com. You can send yes. it to us if you want. Yes. Uh, and you might get the chance to get right on the air. And uh, we used to do the forum post of the week. That'll now be the Facebook Yes. Uh, group post sure. of the week. So yes. you can find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Facebook or at twitter.com slash Clone Wars. And, uh, and those are both great ways to stay in contact and up to date with what's going on with Frontlines, the Clone Wars Podcast, your premier podcast for yes. all Clone Wars news. The original, uh, man. You're the yeah, one, the original. The original? <laughs> yes. The OG. Kyle's back too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, we well, were just I, wrapping I, up. We were just second. wrapping up. So, um, But uh, Kyle, thanks for coming on. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, thanks uh, for having me. I'm sure we'll have you on many times this year, you know, filling in for either me or Mike or, or yep. just coming on in general because you, you write the darn things, man. Um, <laughs> it's fun to have you on and, and get your perspective on things too. So. Uh, thanks um, for having me, guys. Fun to yeah, that's good. Mike, anything else? Are we ready to go? Wrap it up? All set. So, all, set. Uh, all right, yeah. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see everybody next week then. See you next week. Bye.
Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs>